TV Coaches presents Hello IV Coaches listeners This is a new series by Coach Pedari who is a professional certified coach by ICF with 12 years in leadership and 5 years in coaching He will be interviewing his peer executive coaches who have spent years helping organizations and individuals grow their business and achieve their goals. Please join us for this week's interview with Coach Pedari. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Coach Pedari's podcast. On behalf of my partners, Ivy Coaches, I would like to welcome Sandra Corona here. Sandra, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Coach. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you. I'm so delighted that we connected in the last couple of months and finally we got this uh, kicking off. So all the way from Mexico City and right now you're sitting in the eastern province of Saudi Arabia. What a journey. Can you take us <laughs> to the journey from to... <laughs> yes, yes. So I was born in Mexico City, um, raised in Miami, Florida then back to Mexico for 10 years, and then finally uh, stayed in Houston, Texas. So there's a lot of moving going on. That's how I got here. My husband, through my husband, he's the expat for the company here in Saudi Arabia. Okay, so usually when you hear the word Houston, Texas, um, and you hear Saudi Arabia, it's kind of directly related to a certain segment. Now, that's not what we're here for. We are here for a very interesting uh, subject or topic actually a focus area. If I would say global mobility, a lot of people will ask me, what are you talking about? Um, and if I say a, mobile, yeah, a global mobility advisor, right? Uh, I think I would not be making sense to a lot of people either. Can you tell us what does an advisor or global mobility do? What are we talking about when we say global mobility? So thank you for asking, because I constantly have that confusion with people uh, related to technology <laughs> and um, or cars. Okay. So we're not related to cars. We're not related to um, in the mobile or mobile aspects, but more of a moving concept of people from one location to another. So we have relocation of people or local employees, right, within states or other cities. And that is called relocation. Then we also have the global mobility aspect, which is moving people from one little city, state, wherever you want to call it, to a whole different part of the country. Uh, I'm sorry, of the world. And so when you think about mobility, people have to think about it when you move house, you know, you have to change your address, the children's schooling, uh, you have to make sure you have all your paperwork informed, uh, inform your uh, utilities, set them up. Everything that you can imagine, but imagine that a hundred times because you're now talking about visas, you're talking about your children's future education, your education as the trailing spouse, right? It doesn't matter if you're a male or a female, you're still a trailing spouse because you're following somebody. If you're a talented person, if you're a person with skills, some companies offer programs where they help 
uh, the, the male or the female spouse go into the work source or work into, uh, in the company. So it requires a lot of work from our side, but more we're trying to give it more of a human side, right? Because of the things that have happened in the world. So human resources, international or global mobility is moving a person from one location to a different side of the world in a big scale. <laughs> All right, so for those folks out there who are not really clear, this is a very clear answer. And I believe more than ever, there's a lot of mobility right now, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, definitely, there's a lot of people moving around or traveling back home or whatever, you know, secondary home or third. Now, we, we, you know, we connected for a different purpose over uh, the last couple of weeks. And if I would take global mobility and add it on to book club, mobile, uh, sorry, global mobility book club, yeah. was what caught my eyes. And what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> now that gets people more interested and more, you know, like, you know, curious to know what is the book club thought that came into your mind? And <laughs> what is the relationship? What is it? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was having an existential uh, issue <laughs> Uh, because um, I was working uh, here in the Middle East um, for a chemical company and I had stopped working. I took some time off. And then suddenly during those three years, I did other things, but I knew I wanted to do more. And um, I wasn't ready until January when I started thinking, okay, I'm going to get back into the workforce. What do I need? Okay. And I thought that everything I knew about global mobility was still the same, just a little bit of changes here and there, you know, the buzzwords and everything else. I thought, well, I mean, how much can it change? The global mobility that I knew of three years ago is nothing to what it is now. How did I find out? I started reaching out to people asking for help to say, hey, how did you achieve this? How did you get to this point in your life? What did you read? Who were your coaches? Who were your teachers? What did you read? I was not getting the response that I was looking for, uh, to not say any names. <laughs> so I understand that people want to keep their secrets to themselves because it took a lot of people, a lot of effort to get where they were. And I realized, well, if I'm not getting an answer from people, maybe books. Let's look what books are out there. Let's look, what, what can I learn? What can I see? And then suddenly COVID, right? And then a whole new world opened where all of these seminars and webinars and all of these courses for free that were before private and cost a lot of money now are free to people. I thought, okay, amazing. I get all this information, but they were all for managers. I'm not a manager. I'm just trying to live my life. I'm trying to get back into the workforce. So I thought, okay, let's look into uh, Middle East. Let's look what's out there. Um, I started finding books. I started founding, uh, finding authors, people that were out there helping other people. And then on top of that, realizing that, again, the nice 
imagine me, you know, all nice dressed up in the office, talking with expats, welcome, goodbye, have a good life, enjoy your expat assignment, bye-bye. That was said, that's all I did. And I was making so much good money, coach, until I realized that I really did not know anything again. And then I found a book, which I want to recommend to a lot of people. I wanted to keep it to myself, but I'm not going to be selfish because that's what the Global Mobility Book Club happened. I found a book that's called The Handbook of Human Resources Management in the Middle East. Boom. Nobody knew that such a thing existed. Even my friends, when I tell them, they're like, what? Um, it's by Pawan S. Budar. He never asked me to do this because I've never spoken with him, but I think he deserves the, um, the recognition. The book talks about human resources around the world in the, in the Middle East. And on top of that, Coach, it opened my eyes to something that has a lot to do with global mobility. When you're thinking about coming in as an expat and improving a company, you think I'm going to come in and do what I know and say what I know, and you're just ready to get in there. And suddenly you encounter this wall where you're like, wait, what's going on? And people are telling you, no, no, this can't happen. This is, you don't understand because people are not mentally prepared to understand a culture. And they don't see that certain countries in the Middle East are in certain levels or stages of progress. Not, not everybody is in the same level of progress. Let's not go far. Dubai. If you compare Dubai with Saudi Arabia, they're a whole different monster in progress. So I recommend this book to everybody that's going to come to work here in the Middle East. Because guess what, coach? I'm going to create a program, a global mobility program for people that want to move here to the Middle East based on my experience. So that's how it happened. That's how I thought a book club, if, if I'm a, I can only imagine that people are struggling the same way as I am in finding books and resources. And then authors, authors want to talk coach. They want to share. They want to give their experience. And I have yesterday uh, had my first um, uh, uh, webinar with my author, Angie Weinberger. It was amazing. I loved it. So I want everybody to have the same experience. And I will be providing books, information, everything that people need to get into global mobility. Well, as a matter of fact, that you, now that you've gone into that, uh, that was my second question that, you know, what book would you give as a gift and, and why? Um, so I guess that I took note of that uh, suggestion. I'm going to look it up. Great. I also heard, you know, uh, saw your uh, announcement on, on the podcast uh, with Angie. And I think that that's a great, a brilliant start. There's so much there that to be done. And I think a lot of people can take uh, away a lot from that experience. Now, um, you're right. We, when, when expats, whatever they are, and obviously we focus about Middle East right now because we live in this, in this region, um, people are not prepared. Uh, companies do not prepare people. Uh, they give them a handbook or a handout on, on how to behave in, within that company and where mm -hmm. to find Starbucks and perhaps find the, the, yes. the, the closest parking, non-paid parking. However, mm -hmm. they don't um, necessarily uh, do an induction into the culture uh, of, the, mm -hmm. of the country, the city. So uh, hats, hats, you know, hats off for that. Uh, initiative and I see this initiative growing and growing as um, in the next months to come and I'm happy to be there 
uh, to see it happen as well. One thing that happened very recently was your um, engagement with the HRM Middle East Summit, which is the Human Resource Management Middle East Summit. Now, this is the latest announcement that you're going to attend uh, um, as a speaker this October between 11th to 15th uh, when yes. this um, summit kicks off digitally. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations, first of all. Uh, <laughs> how did this happen and what are you going <laughs> to what are you going to bring on and what do you expect? What do people have oh, to Oh, Coach, I'm going to be very honest with a lot of people there that think that this only happens to um, some kind of special person. I, I never imagined I would be here. I was just starting a little book and it just exploded. People have accepted it so well. And I got to meet, um, I had the opportunity to attend the HRM India Summit uh, last month. And it was a mind-blowing experience. People, talented people sharing experiences. Again, authors, um, you get to learn practices and it opens your mind to culture, right? Because that's the whole purpose. You have exchange with other people. And uh, the person that is the owner and manager of the program, she lives here in Bahrain, right across the causeway, wow. right? And I thought, I'm just going to stay in touch with her. You know, it doesn't hurt. And uh, to my surprise, she said, hey, let's talk. Where are you located? Let's talk. And we started talking. And I, I just had started the, the book club. And when I started talking to her about what I was doing and thinking about doing, and it just, you know, it rolled like a snowball. That's how it felt for me. It's it's been one thing after the other, and then it's just growing to this beautiful snowman that I hope it turns out to be, right? Um, and it just needs to grow and grow because people um, want to hear and know. And it's all about people right now, improving lives. And that's what the summit offers, improving. And she felt that what I was offering, what she read was that, improving lives. That's how it happened. <laughs> and that's, I believe that's where most successful stories uh, have in common, that uh, it, it happened because you took a step. And I think overthinking things never allows you to kick it off. Uh, so congratulations also on this. And we look for, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enroll, as I mentioned to you offline, I'm going to enroll to this uh, summit. And I, I look forward to hearing you speak on that. Later. Thank you. Now, if somebody would be graduating or has graduated this summer, Let's say from just out of example, uh, Universidad del Valle del Mexico. <laughs> That's where you graduated uh, yes. with a Bachelor of Science. But let's say somebody just come, came out of the university or coming soon. What is one advice you would give that person um, to listen to, and one advice not to listen to or take in, in you know entering the the world of of, of work or the professional world. Uh, to enter the world of global mobility and on top of that, to move here to Saudi Arabia? That could be it. What could they take as an advice or avoid, if you so like? Um, so what I would tell people, um, first of all, let's, let's start with global mobility. What I would tell people is that soft skills. Yes. 
Um, I've always said it. I didn't know I, I I didn't know I was onto something. It just made sense to me that one of the most important things for you to be successful in a service um, uh, business, because that's what we are, yep. is soft skills. If you don't have those soft skills, that's okay, because you can develop them. And that was another reason why it got me to the book club. So I'm thinking, well, I'm lacking this soft skill. What can I do and how can I develop it if I don't have the money to attend the seminars? Well, there's books, right? So you develop those skills. Skills are usually what you have already and you learn to develop them. So it's a matter of you to understand what you know. Now, going here or coming here to Saudi Arabia, I would say forget about everything you've heard. Forget about it. Because no one location is the same. Yes? And so forget about what you heard and then start watching videos of seminars. Listen. Ask questions. Inform yourself. But most of all, Coach, I would say prepare yourself for you to be able to excel in that culture learn about culture if you don't know culture and you believe that your diploma from universidad del valle de mexico is going to be enough it never <laughs> is yes respect the culture you are no longer in your country so to me, my best advice is forget about everything and start reading about culture. I think that's one piece of advice that can never get uh, outdated. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I think it's a strong one. And yes, uh, I think expats, whatever they are, and especially uh, you know, talk about experience, we tend to forget that culture is yes. not language and vice versa. So culture is something that you really need to um, you know, kind of dive into uh, yes. and understand how you know, one country just because it's neighboring another country speaks of the same language isn't the same at all. May I add something coach? I of think course. this is something I was talking with a friend this morning um, and one of the things that I would like for people to remember when coming here to the Middle East is that culture comes with um, tribes it's very important that you understand the tribes here there's there's this whole history right in the middle east about the importance of tribes so i believe that the people that are from australia have a little bit of better understanding when they come here so they they know exactly where they're where they have to go so if you believe Okay, well, I know everything about culture. You still don't. <laughs> so that is one survival skill that I would like to tell people. Religion, culture, tribes, uh, understanding. And culture is not what you think it is. It's so much more. So much more. I agree with you. I think uh, most people uh, stop at the word inshallah and they think they know the culture. So <laughs> I hear that a lot and they're all misused. And yes. with no context. So for, for those folks out there, go beyond the word inshallah and understand what cultures you're actually getting yourself into. Um, it might be worth 
doing so, as, uh, as Sandra says. Now, all of us get to a point where we need to find our balance and our focus again. What do you do when you're overwhelmed? What does Sandra do if, if you know, is there too much of everything and then you just got to get back on track? Is there something you kind of um, have found in your life that this gets you back on track that you want to share with us? Yes, actually. Um, so a lot of the times when we feel overwhelmed is obviously we have put ourselves in that position because we, we want to do so much in so little time. Well, you have to step back and know it's okay. There's whatever ideas you have in your mind, it's better for you to sit down, grab a notebook and start writing what you want to do. I have never thought that I was going to do that, really, because you have all these things in your head, because that's what overwhelm means. You have all of these ideas in your head, and you want to target them. You know, you want to say, oh, I thought about this, so I better contact this person, and I need to do this. Oh, so I'm going to send this email. Stop. Stop everything you're doing and write it down. I, um, some sense, believe it or not, sense take me back to a moment of relaxation. And what I do is that I'm going to put on my pajama. It doesn't matter if it's four o'clock in the evening. I put on my pajama and I grab my notebook and I start writing. And sometimes it also helps most of the times I have to say, take a shower. It helps so much just to cool down and think, put your ideas. And that's it. That's what helps me write down, take a shower and put on your pajamas. Because when you're comfortable is when your mind starts calming down. It's like your mind starts thinking, oh, okay, I need to calm down. That's right. So anything that comes to you in your mind after that moment is going to be calm and it's going to start making sense. That's what helps me. A great piece of advice and a more a very special one in the sense and also the way the journaling and the writing I think probably should be one thing that they should implement for right from the start in schools to yes. teach kids that reflecting on what you do on a daily basis not on a monthly basis on a daily basis is really strong mm -hmm. it, you know it really puts you back on track and uh, so yeah thanks for sharing that now have you gone like in the last let's say last three four or five years is there something new that you've uh, come across some new habits, new beliefs that improve your life? Oh, yes. Oh, tremendously. So um, if there's any Mexicans out there hearing, they're going to agree with what I'm about to say. In the Mexican culture, uh, there's not much teaching about emotional intelligence. Um, our feelings are very out there. We just, you know, we're very vocal and everything is drama and everything is, oh my God, it's big because you see it in the soap opera, you know, soap operas. <laughs> it's, it's there, okay? And we're giving to drama. So um, I grew up with that. I grew up with a, a, a family, a father that was military, a mother that was very young. So she was more busy doing other things. Um, and... I grew up without having control of my emotions. I never saw how important it was until I started growing up and I started going through relationships and I would sob for months 
and I would be like, this is not normal. This is not normal. How can I do this? Then I, you know, you go through life and then you start getting a job and then you start worrying. You notice that it's no longer a one or two day thing. You start worrying for weeks and, and you have all of these emotions. You're thinking over and over and over instead of finding a solution, which is what emotional intelligence gives you. Stop dwelling over things. Find a solution and offer it. Or two, which is another thing that it was like, oh my God, yes. 90%, if not 95% of our worst scenarios that we're playing in our minds never happen. <laughs> Just stop and think about that. <laughs> so most of our, uh, of the issues that, that I had in these past years or be, was because I didn't have emotional intelligence. I didn't know how to control that. I didn't know how to stop and think and say, does it really, is it really worth my time and my effort? Because you have to also think about your time as money. I never saw myself as that. I never saw myself as a person that every second or minute that I spent worrying about something was money, right? And um, think about your time as money to organize it and say, how many of these things really have the importance that I think they do? Third is, you know, do I, is there really a solution to it? No, it, it doesn't. So let things usually solve themselves. They usually do. And then four, if they, there's no solution, you need to come up with ideas and offer them, have some, uh, what do they call it? Um, give yourself that responsibility and accept that you have a role of responsibility in it. You, you, but you let the ball drop. Now, what are you going to do, right? So I learned emotional intelligence. I learned that speaking fast is not communicating. The good communicators speak in 110 and 150 words per minute and enunciate. <laughs> Stop using emojis. Oh. That does not communicate. You need to speak with people. And we have missed the opportunity, Coach. So that's what I have learned. And I am so grateful for that. Um, and the one last thing is that people have to be able to accept their feelings. Because one of the things that we don't do is that we know that there's something wrong, but we don't want to accept that, it's, that it feels wrong. Right? Why? Because we have grown into a culture where if you show your feelings, you're weak. If you show your feelings, you are a complicated person. If you show your feelings, oh, you're just a woman. Um, and so you're labeled weak or problematic. And I think we have given ourselves the opportunity now to say, you know what? It's time for us to accept that I'm feeling bad about something. What is that feeling about? How am I feeling about it? Accept it because we are in an in a industry about service. So if you don't understand yourself, if you don't come into terms with your feelings and you don't have emotional intelligence, 
you can't help anybody really. So I hope this helps people out there that, that have the same feelings as I do to understand that there is out there help and there is a word for that feeling and you need to learn how to deal with it, right? In the best way, not shut it down, deal with it. I think it makes That's sense. Um, uh, you know, there, there was times where a couple of years ago, we heard a lot about the emotional intelligence. Uh, yep. It was, everyone was talking about emotional intelligence. It was almost uh, a punchline for, for big organizations mm -hmm. to say, we know what it means. We know how mm -hmm. to act. We look mm -hmm. at our associates with an emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence is much important, more important than the IQ of a person. Now, mm -hmm. looking at the reality of what happened a couple of months, um, mm -hmm. I personally have seen very few companies which actually use emotional intelligence oh, in deciding yes. the fate of a lot of people um, going back a few steps. But to your point, yes, I think emotional intelligence goes a long way. Uh, mm -hmm. And as, as you mentioned, the, the, weak, you know, the kindness and the, is, is always stamped as weakness, which is not the fact. And society has a responsibility. Um, you know, uh, families have a responsibility of growing that caring character, which means that if you're caring and you're kind, you actually can become a very, very important individual in that community and that society. Uh, not that yeah. you become a weak guy who sits in the corner and, you know, and feels free for himself or herself. Uh, yes. and, the, and the fact that, you know, kindness or softness is a feminine thing also is now taking a big, big step forward saying, stop that nonsense. Yes. Yes. That's nothing to do with it. Uh, we just saw statistics from um, world leaders, which were female, which actually got away with leading their countries and their governments much more healthier out of this pandemic than men did. Now, that's the statistics. I'm not going to mm -hmm. you know, go into details because I don't have the numbers, but I've, I've read it mm -hmm. somewhere was um, mm -hmm. very very authentic so right. back to the book club if i would say you have a big gigantic billboard free of charge hundreds and millions of people will see that will be able to see that billboard what message would you like to transmit about your book club Join us on the next episode for the rest of the discussion.